I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Have a nice dinner. Relax. 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 Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shock Therapy, episode 25. And in a way, it feels like our 25th anniversary because it feels like a decade since we started this podcast in March, I believe. Right. All the lifetimes we've all lived since March 2020. And wished yes. we hadn't, but um, are allegedly mm-hmm. stronger for it or something <laughs> or more demented for it in our case. Truly, <laughs> Yes. So we are having a special um, morning uh, edition. Typically, we record in the evenings, but it is morning time, uh, both on the East and West Coast. It is Monday, November 2nd, 2020. So we are on the eve of the election. So for our 25th episode, we're doing a special election blockbuster episode today. Yes, and perfect way to commemorate our 25th anniversary. Um, But yeah, like for those of us, or you guys just tuning in, um, sorry, I'm like half brain dead. My coffee went cold already. It's pissing me off. Um, But for you guys just tuning in at Shock Therapy, we usually, you know, cover conspiracies um, ranging from political ones all the way to like really esoteric ones as well um and really fringe ones and some spirituality to help with these turbulent times but like we've said on some recent pod or some of our recent podcasts it's funny because um obviously we started this in the middle of the shit storm uh with the pandemic Mm. and lockdowns but we really had intended to do more of those kind of conspiracies I just mentioned. And we really have to talk a lot more about the current shit than um, I think than either of us would have expected because the hits keep coming. And here we are at the culmination. Um, Kind of sadly, there was no real big October surprise. I know last time we talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. the full moon we had on Halloween, but Maybe we're on a timeline where nothing tragic did happen or shocking, nothing shocking got unveiled, but it's always kind of a letdown when things like this happen. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And I think we kind of like you and I in recording this podcast, like psyched ourselves up for an October surprise. So in a, in a way, you know, I'm looking out the window, the sun is shining, and I'm like, okay, wow, tomorrow's election. And I feel almost this sense of, like, uh, like a little bit of a letdown in a very weird, sick, twisted way. It feels anticlimactic, but I'm probably going to eat those words. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, shit's going to get very <laughs> violent and bloody, but I'm just, you know, wish that there was something really shocking revealed, but... We also know we all have shock fatigue anyway, so again, at this point, unless there is a video of, you know, one of the candidates eating someone alive, um, I really don't think that much could shock us at this point, Uh, but I do think, yeah, you're going to eat those words because, you know, all cities are, especially like D.C. and New York um, were the two I saw, but I'm sure cities all over are being like locked down in a way again the stores um the stores are being you know shuttered and they're preparing for looting rioting violence more clash clashes with the cops you know that's right and as we talked about that got a lot of press this past week is gun ownership is up quite a bit there's been a lot of uh, stories about new first-time gun owners uh, sharing their experiences but yeah as you said definitely in the city I live Portland Oregon uh, the entire downtown area is even more scaled up excuse me with you have those protective like two-story barriers and at the time of this recording right now 
there is a gigantic non-scalable fence being erected around the perimeter of the White House. And I believe this one is bigger than the one back in June when we covered the protests in D.C., including that horrific photo op uh, Bible death march through the square there. So, yeah, definitely um, a lot of unrest brewing. And, you know, I know we talked about October Surprise, but maybe this year there will be a new new phrase coined uh the november surprise because uh we we know this isn't going to be a clean easy peasy break or conclusion right right like the positive surprise would be that it would be anticlimactic as well none of the stores would be broken into um but we know that that is not the case and violence is definitely being stoked behind the scenes too especially on the trump campaign side um as we saw him like you know at his rallies cheer on the people who blocked biden uh one of biden's campaigns like trucks or i don't even know i forget what you call it whatever all all the thing all the bands tour in (laughs) that the tour truck yeah a fucking bus man i don't know it's so it's early it's (laughs) hey you're coffee more cold i'm not gonna hold it against you (laughs) um it's not even that early on the east coast but anyway how all of those cars like trump cars waving trump flags like supported or surrounded the bus and harass them and of course Trump was stoking stoking the flames um of this violence and congratulating them on during his rallies and things like that so he of course wants to stoke the violence because as we mentioned like every fucking time he does not want to leave office mainly because he wants to avoid jail time. That's my main thing because we all know he doesn't really like being president. Of course, he loves the attention of his rallies. Like I saw a sound clip where he was like, there's no, I think he was in uh, Pennsylvania. And he's like, there's no better place in the world to be than a Trump rally anytime, anywhere. Am I right? Um, and then, you know, of course, saying like, Ugh, COVID, COVID, COVID. All they talk about is COVID because he's jealous of that attention. But anyway, that's a tangent because the point is he's stoking violence. And like we've said before, we think there's probably going to be Violence no matter what the outcome, but really because what we think the outcome is right now um, is that, you know, either on election day, they might call Trump or Biden, let's just say Trump, they might call him as the winner, but we all know with stupid election day, like at the end, they it's just a call, it can be contested, um, so it's not the clear victor. And then especially with late votes being accepted and mail-in votes um, being tallied, it's going to probably be three three days later and they'll be like, oh no, Biden actually won. And then all the Trump people will go fucking crazy and you'll wish that Walmart still let you bought gu- buy guns there because <laughs> we'll all need to fucking strap up and get our... AKs on um but yeah so no I don't kidding. know Long yeah tangent. and just as you said too like of all the events that went down over the weekend the one and for our international listeners who may have not heard it there was a you know a band of ragtag misfits in Texas in these pickup trucks with flags and guns that intimidated a Biden bus and so like those images uh, and the bus had to turn around. And so, as we know, there's going to be a shit ton of voter intimidation at the actual polls, let alone the Trump army being mobilized with their guns in all sorts of places all around the country in the ensuing days and weeks. Like, that's that almost, I would say that there's like a general consensus that, like, this is bound to happen at this point, right? Like, the preparations we talked about, the general sentiment. The, the climate already in which the country's in, it's just like, yeah, of course there's going to be street-level violence throughout the country. It's like such a weird like thing that is accepted uh, that people are preparing for. It's like very bizarre, sinking feeling for sure. 
And another thing you mentioned that's really important is uh, at his rallies. And he's had like, I believe, 11 different rallies in the last four days. A lot of them are in Pennsylvania, which is a state he needs to win, the state most likely to decide the election. But yeah, at a rally last night, he basically said that he is going to prematurely declare victory <laughs> oh on God. election night. So it brings up these two these two terms that we want to bring to the surface uh, for our listeners, especially our international listeners who may not have heard of this because this will become kind of the defining phenomenon of like the coming weeks. As we know, there's going to be a big fat legal battle with all these thousands of lawyers. But essentially, there's two terms, the red mirage and the blue wave. So the red mirage is basically because the vast majority, disproportionate amount of Trump voters will be voting in person tomorrow at the polls on election day. So they're like physically standing in line, going in and voting. So the way in which on the East Coast, when polls close, sometimes it's 7 p.m. Eastern, 7.30, 8 p.m. Eastern, what it's going to appear, as my co-host said uh, in many news uh, outlets, it's going to appear as the votes start to come in and get announced, there's going to be this red mirage, meaning this false sense that Trump is ahead by a lot in many different important states. And so it's only with the counting of these absentee ballots, right, uh, that there is this blue wave, the tide shifts, because, yes, a lot of folks that disproportionately are voting via mail, absentee ballot and via mail, um, are Democrat uh, voters. So there's going to be this really stilted, weird... Uh, shift and we you know this is predicted but we don't know how extreme it's going to be because this is the most as the time of this recording 94 million americans have voted already which is insane total like record turnout already Uh, but we just don't know what other like hijinks ensue with intimidation with day of um, intimidation as well as like you know, sites being closed and infrastructure going down, all of this stuff. Like there's so many different things that um, could certainly uh, play out. But back to what Trump said, it's more likely than not that with this red mirage tomorrow night, maybe 9, 10, 11 Eastern, Trump's going to tweet, I am the next president of the United States. Like I'm staying in office. (laughs) Well, Kanye's probably also going to declare on his Twitter that he is the next (laughs) and that he's going to build a new White House in Wyoming on his compound. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. And you're not wrong. Like, that's probably pretty likely. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And he but he wasn't even on the ballots, of course. Like, we all knew that. I mean, Trump shoots from the hip, but he... Um, And he also has a band of idiots as his team, but somehow, you know, he is more composed in a way, and as his supporters would say, playing 5D chess, like, there's sometimes somewhat of a strategy, a method to his madness and chaos, but with Kanye, unfortunately, um, because of, I think, his mental health deterioration, he just doesn't fucking make sense and had a bunch of, like, you know, um... Un, like just random ideas that weren't cohesive and didn't gel and not a clear message besides like wanting to bring back church and state which is what some of Trump's base wants too so maybe some of his base um did write in Kanye and hopefully that did take some votes away from Trump because I really don't think any Biden Well, I don't know. I don't know if any Biden supporters were swayed by Kanye. But yeah, anyway, as you mentioned, I almost wanted to like vote tomorrow because of what you said. Um, But I ended up voting yesterday. And yeah, the lines were longer than I've ever seen. And I um, have voted in places with like way bigger population than where I am now. And 
yeah, like you said, historic turnout already. And that to me, at least my gut tells me, like indicates people are coming out for Biden because they have fucking had enough. But um, I don't know. I feel really almost hesitant to say that even though my gut is telling me that because Trump definitely has a strong base too. It's just, as with everything, it's unclear as to the numbers of like, I guess election we'll find, we'll find out, um, in theory, but really, uh, like you said, there could be infrastructure going down purposely or foreign interception, as we'll talk about a little later, or any kind of shenanigans, hijinks, and wild cards on the election, but yeah, everyone is so fatigued from the malaise in America, and like you said, have sadly come to accept that there will be some violence, and again, to people on both sides of the party lines, it's just like, it's, is this America, um, to me, it's like, if you want to defend what America is, you'll pick Biden. Like, how could all these conservatives who are all about, like, the country and protecting democracy, like, how can't they see that they've been walking the plank towards fascism? Um, and clearly, as someone already fucking declaring they've won, even the sh- shittiest presidents we've had haven't done that because, again, the decorum... Um, has just been eroded from politics, but Biden still represents that. So, um, again, you know, low-key, I want the whole system to fall, but I know even more chaos would ensue. Um, And I want the people to rise up in an age of Aquarius way and self-govern. But, you know, uh, that's probably not going to happen now. Uh, But, yeah, either way, it's a shit show because... If even if Biden might be the lesser of the two evils, like we've talked about before, there might be lockdowns again with him. And even though that might be needed, it's gonna fuck so many people uh, with more unemployment and more economic destruction. But with Trump as leader, like, <laughs> I mean, just look at the last four years. Imagine what can happen with four more years, right? It's truly unreal. And this uh, this metaphor you just used, I think, is really fitting of like walking the plank. Uh, it does feel like we're on the tip of that plank. But yeah, to imagine another four years of this mess. I mean, it's almost I mean, it is unimaginable just because of everything that has gone down. And on the note of the fatigue too, one fascinating thing that uh dynamic that I'm curious to see play out, especially with like the exit polls and then once the dust settles, like when there's more research, you know, going on about like why people voted the way they did and or didn't or whatever. I'm really curious about the fatigue note because I think there's this other like counterintuitive uh undercurrent, if you will, of fatigue that's almost like with the pandemic of people are like, you know what? We're not going to control it. It is what it is. Might as well just open up and let this thing roll through, which is like quite literally the White House's strategy of like herd immunity, which is totally bullshit. But there are have been some voices, some vocal voices on the right that are just like, we're not going to win this uh, battle against COVID. So like might as well open shit up. And so I, I am not arguing that this can be the deciding factor, but I am curious to see if a lot of people who are on the fence or maybe shy Trump voters do end up voting for him because they like want quote unquote more freedom, which as you and I know is bullshit because the pandemic will only get much and much worse. A quick side note, uh, we hit a milestone over the weekend on Halloween day. I believe it was like 99,000 cases were reported that day. So we're very quickly here about to hit a hundred thousand who knows maybe just in time for election day um anyway but i wanted to bring up a different point what you mentioned about him declaring victory and stuff another thing i want to mention too is like in wisconsin there was this you know court case recently about the 
you know, ballots that are postmarked that are sent via the mail before election day, but arrive after election day, there was a suit, uh, to ensure that the ballots that arrive late after election day, but that are postmarked sent before election day, that they be, uh, discarded, like not counted. And so, uh, Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, wrote in that opinion that, you know, we want to avoid a situation in which the uh, election results are flipped. And so Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan, wrote, there are no (laughs) results to flip until all votes are counted because the definition of election is the outcome is not determined until all votes are counted. So there have been a number of pieces written over the weekend and like a lot of them start off with this cheeky thing of like, I can't believe we have to say this, but (laughs) a democratic election is determined after all votes are counted. So Again, it's this big psyop, right? This big gaslighting, this big psyop that the Trump camp is mobilizing. And it might be somewhat effective, right? If if him and his echo chamber, if he sends out a tweet at 10.30 p.m. on election night declaring victory and some other news reports, uh, news outlets carry that, I'm not saying reputable ones, but like OAN and like these others, I mean, it could create a scenario where Trump just continues his rallies. There are reports that he's going to continue, quote unquote, campaigning throughout the rest of this week and well into November. So what? We imagine a scenario in which he continues to hold, right, all of these rallies. Again, <sighs> turning the volume, again, repeating, I won, I won. Is Biden ready for that? Like, we know that Biden has 4,000, literally 4,000 lawyers on retainer, but... Is Biden going to be out there holding rallies? Is Biden going to be out there campaigning? Or is Biden's perspective similar to what Al Gore's was in 2000, which is to play a very polite role of civil discourse and let the lawyers handle it? Well, look how that turned out for Gore. It was Bush who won because, well, Bush's supporters famously in the Brooks Brothers riot they got vocal, they came out in the streets, and they literally stopped the recount of Miami-Dade County, granting the election to Bush. So there's so many ways this could play out, but I do think Trump has the upper hand in this psyop of like declaring victory and then continuing to just bulldoze his way via also a shit ton of lawsuits stopping the count of these ballots, right? These ballots that arrive after 8 p.m. Eastern on election day because they're they're going to a separate pile. So they can always be reversed. Like this pile of ballots arriving after 8 p.m. election day can always be removed from the tally, which is very alarming. Once again, it's like the erosion of democracy. And then if some people can't see that at this point, like they're basic they're hitler supporters like straight up i'm just not gonna sugarcoat it anymore um because everything he's doing it's like remember part of his platform in 2016 was like to drain the swamp like what the fuck do you think we're in now we're in we're in like the biggest swamp (laughs) of all fucking time um but anyway to what you said i think part of me thinks that's why the system might just collapse because you know at this point um I feel like there's a huge movement on the left to take off the gloves and fucking fight dirty and get on the Republicans level because it has been proven that like you said at this point trying to take the high road trying to go high when they go low has not served us and people on both sides are emotional like I don't think like BLM people and rightly so are gonna take this lying down I don't think Antifa is gonna take this lying down um so it's really like who has the most strategic plan and who has the most means to um not weapons of mass destruction but weapons of destruction whether that be guns or like 
pipe bombs or I don't even fucking know. But all I know is, um, I knew I had a very bad feeling when I watched Purge election year back in 2016. And I low-key thought that's what might transpire on Halloween, but it did not. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But just really quickly, some points that I, um, wanted to bring up to some other things you said early on were, one, um, a lot of people have actually gotten sick at these fucking Trump rallies. So once again, it shows that he doesn't fucking care about his base. And again, a lot of people, you know, I hear them being interviewed, uh, people, his supporters at the, outside the rallies and stuff, and they really fucking think Trump cares about them. And I've seen stupid-ass ads on TV, um, you know, paid by the Trump campaign where they're like, say what you will about Trump, but he has our backs. How? How? Yeah, he has your backs. On this note, I I have to interject here. On this note, it how is how, how, how? Like quite literally a death cult, right? Like Stanford released this study that said that Trump rallies, specifically Trump rallies that he's hosted in the last several months, are responsible for 75,000 cases and up to 600 deaths that we know of. But yes, it's like the his ability to convince his own supporters that he isn't actually trying to kill kill them, which he is, like according to the data, like is mind-boggling. And I just two quick stories on this note for folks who haven't caught wind of this. One relates to heat, one relates to ice. In Nebraska, there were dozens and dozens of Trump supporters that were stranded after one of his rallies in the winter cold of Nebraska, and several had to go to the hospital for hypothermia. So that's one. And then more recently in Florida, he had an outdoor rally. Of course, a lot of senior citizens were in attendance, and it's still quite hot in Florida in the month of October, at least. And several of his supporters and rally attendees had to be hospitalized because many fainted. They passed out due to fucking heat stroke. So those are two examples not even related to the pandemic. But back to what you were saying, how are his supporters not seeing that he is actively endangering their own lives? And again, I'm just going to partially blame it on the hypnosis of television because I think there have even been declassified like CIA, um, you know, papers that have talked about how television and the frames per second can put your brain, I believe, into beta state. I don't know, the state that makes it more suggestible. So people who watch Fox and shit, and probably CNN, everything on TV to some extent, are getting brainwashed. Um, So that's kind of what I attribute it to. But yeah, like you said, the Nebraska thing's especially wild because those aren't even COVID deaths, um, like, or in, like, hypothermia and shit. Like, I don't know what to say. It really is um, makes you think that there are a lot of soulless entities walking amongst us and, you know, let alone his base. What about, you know, mentioned obviously there's going to be a huge law shit show after the election and um, or lawsuit shit show after the election. And I just want to say a big preemptive fuck you to all of the lawyers on Trump's side because... I hope you really feel good selling out and selling your soul because how much money could be worth this? Like, this is something that will affect everyone. Yeah, yeah, maybe not if you're like fucking Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg, but it will affect you even if you're in like the 90th percentile of wealth. Like, how will it benefit you if the whole country is going to shit and like... I just, that's the part that's so mystifying. Oh, truly. And as you're saying, what's at stake? I mean, it's not that far-fetched to imagine a scenario in which America as an experiment never recovers. And I, and I truly mean that as a democratic republic, the, the damage, the damage that could be done, uh, 
if we enter a full-blown constitutional crisis in November and December, and we've covered a lot of episodes about different scenarios that can play out, but if we enter a full-blown constitutional crisis in the middle of a pandemic with several like civil war elements uh, brewing, violence in the streets, all the while the biggest civil rights movement since the 60s, and we don't have uh, a peaceful transfer of power while all these ballot there's like images of like ballots getting thrown at you know all this kind of shit in a bonfire in, America, in, in a bonfire or at least in the american psyche a figurative bonfire of ballots right it's like that like there goes america this like 200 and some on year experiment i mean truly because the erosion of trust in the in the process and the erosion of trust in the most democratic process of all election and peaceful transfer of power if that takes a lead fucking pipe or worse in a collective sense like we may never fucking recover as a country mm-hmm. yeah pretty much like you said the experiment might be over and i remember there were some um articles that highlighted re- like really interesting parallels with the rise and the fall of many other empires including the Roman Empire and I think you know this 200-ish year mark uh, is kind of like an expiration date if you look back historically for the fall of other empires Um, but yeah that just leaves us so weak and vulnerable to foreign threats Absolutely right. I mean, we are at a very, very weak point. We've covered this, but we are completely vulnerable to foreign threats. And I doubt de- this is a good segue into some of the like cyber warfare stuff. A quick tangent before we do you mentioned the phrase soulless entities. And I just want to call out speaking of the probably the most soulless entity that's most visible, at least right now in American politics, Bitch McConnell, a.k.a. Moscow Mitch. <laughs> I just want to, I just want the record to reflect that in recent weeks, he has been seen in public with, honestly, like, like he wrestled with death. He has black and blue, uh, <laughs> like on, it looks like literally rotting flesh um, on his hand in his mouth and his jaw and his face it's like black and blue and like if you're you know have a strong stomach i recommend googling images but it straight up looks like he got into a fight with like lucifer or some shit and i'm like this is such a perfect representation of where american politics are at right now it's like quite literally like rotting like his core is rotting and his flesh is eating itself like that's where we are at right now something's rotten in denmark for sure um or it's late stages syphilis i'm not sure maybe both um but yeah uh, before we get into like the cyber stuff i just wanted to quickly say two other things um that kind of go back to what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast uh you know shit's bad if even the global community recognizes that the election is going to be explosive because probably some other countries did this as well but i just remember hearing that like the new zealand consulate basically you know gave a warning to any of its citizens who are currently in the u.s and kind of urging them or heavily advising them to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, Once again, unprecedented for the United States. And, you know, I wish we had time to talk about more global shit, but honestly, uh, there's so much going on here. And some may argue this is like the biggest thing going on because America has, you know, established itself as the world's superpower since World War II, basically, but even pretty strong before then and World World War One and stuff. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention, though, is when we talked about Biden and the potential for a second lockdown, um, even though it might not, you know, help long term with the virus, it's just interesting that 
in Australia, in it's been reported that there was a day with like zero um, COVID deaths, which is huge because we all know that Victoria in the south, that whole territory, had a huge shutdown and you know, some people thought it was necessary and kind of were, like, criticizing America for not doing the same. And then some people were ringing the alarm of, like, oh, no, see, Americans, this is why you need guns because there's, like, a totalitarian big brother state there. But, you know, they are doing well, so... I don't know. I'm so conflicted on what should be done, of course, with all of this. For sure. And a couple things to punch based off what you just said. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Melbourne and that state of Victoria in Australia, they did a 111-day lockdown. Like, that's how they got to the zero case count. And I just wonder, and I applaud them, and that's amazing and, like, tough and controversial and all this stuff, but, like, they are now at zero cases, which is amazing. But I'm like, that could never, that will never happen in the United States. Like, people won't, people are barely fucking willing to wear a mask when they vote. Like, like it's just unimaginable because the idiocy level um, and the the spell being cast, if you will, like, people being straight up hypnotized is, like, so deep. Um, But another thing you said, just to punch and underscore, too, is, like, you know, like in the United States, right, when the State Department issues a travel warning to another country, it's like, you know, you always think of like, oh, the danger is outside, right? Like the danger is somewhere else. But it's like, the bitch, the call is coming from inside the house. As you said, other countries, our allies even, are issuing their own warnings. Do not travel to the United States right now. It is not safe due to the political situation, the civil... uh, um, tensions. So like, it is just wild in a year in which our passports have gone to shit. Like we can't do anything. We can't go anywhere. Not our standing in the world has also tumbled in the way that, yeah, countries are saying like the U S is not a safe place to be citizens. Don't go there. Like, wow. Like what a fucking blow to our reputation. And like, it's just quite a tumble. Oh yeah. And maybe irreparable, Um, But to what you said about Americans, you know, not even wanting to wear a mask to vote. Well, it was just funny because when I did vote, um, so there was a really long line outside and no one was fucking social distancing. Um, Most people were wearing their masks before they went in the building. But, you know, some people were like fucking coughing online. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I almost lost my shit. Um, and all I could think of was that song, you know, from, uh, TikTok where that guy was making fun of conservatives and it's that song like, um, where I come from, son, the next thing coming is a ass whooping in the parking lot. Well, I just kept thinking about that song because I saw so many rednecks online and some people talking about how they were voting for Trump and I was like um but anyway the point is there was no social distancing on this long ass line and but it was funny because once you got inside the building they had some janky ass social distancing set up with like blue tape on the floor and like some guy in there yelling at people like who who weren't uh following the social distancing markers but it's just like so funny because no one was making sure that was happening outside um but yeah they did like wipe down the booth and the pens and things like that so that was definitely different and I feel like that should always be happening regardless um Mm -hmm. but yeah um should we get into some of the cyber attack stuff Yeah, yeah, let's talk about cyber. Okay, so my co-host kind of gave me some things to look into for this pod because I've been, like, really fatigued with the regular news um, lately anyway because, again, it feels like this has been the longest election process. I don't think Trump has ever stopped campaigning or giving um, his rallies. They're just reaching a fever pitch. So yeah, we're fatigued on all fronts and that's definitely one, but there are things we should be paying attention to. 
and this is one of them. So recently, um, the FBI has, actually this past Wednesday, warned hospitals and you know public health care groups, health care providers that there is an increased risk for cyber crime. Um, and they're accusing Russia of being behind it, specifically this group UNC1878. Um, and the FBI says that this cybercrime risk is from malware slash ransomware that basically scrambles the data on the computers into gibberish. And the threat is that this malware could paralyze, um, you know, hospitals' computer systems and make it really harder for hospitals to deliver care, um, which is, you know, just great for this second wave that's already happening. And again, like, technically, if you believe the numbers and stuff, worse than when we were at our first wave, um, the apex of that. So wonderful timing. Um, if the systems went down, hospitals would have to rely on pen and paper charts, so going back to the analog ways, um, which doesn't sound so bad, but with all your data is on the computers, like, that's fucking bad, and there's the potential for hospitals to be locked out of systems, they need to do things like run scans, which could be a life or death matter. Um, four hacks have already happened in hospitals here, and in September, a German hospital got cyber attacked and traced it back to Russia, so they're not just fucking with the U.S., and in fact, the U.K. says Russia also planned um, a cyber attack on the Tokyo Olympics before they gotten postponed. Um... And a little bit more about understanding this ransomware is that a lot of time it's called ransomware. It's a type of malware because this um, can only be unlocked with software keys that are provided once the target's paid up. So ransomware like Russia uses uh, Ryuk, R-Y-U-K. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But... In September, they attacked 250 hospitals in the U.S. Um, they were all chains of universal health services. And Ryuk is seeded through a network of over a million zombie computers called TrickBot. And basically, with ransomware, they'll attack these systems and then request, like, millions of dollars in order to get the systems back up and running. That's why it's called ransomware. But um, with this trick bot, Microsoft has been trying to counter them with lawsuits in early October. Have had a little success, but not completely. And it's just so hard. Things like this type of malware can keep popping up. And it's very hard to put an end to completely. Um, so I'm wondering in the, if the next few weeks, if this could be contributing to a dark winter because, you know, they also could potentially shut down like power grids. And if they're shutting down like hospital systems, that is also kind of like, I feel like a metaphor extension for the dark, possible dark winter. But yeah, it's interesting how we didn't really see this be a, a huge problem during the first wave, um, but yeah, Russia, it's like, so what's their end game? What do they want? Well, like we know, like Russia and China have, you know, teams of nation state trained cyber operatives to help them in their agenda of taking down the U.S. Like I said, the U.S. has established itself as like the big bully on the playground, right? And, like, kind of the Cold War, I feel like, has not ended in many ways. It's just kind of, like, subverted and evolved over the years. So even though Putin and Trump have this weird love affair, don't get me wrong, Putin still fucking hates America. And <clears throat> the way Russia and China want to take over, though, is kind of for different reasons. So 
Russia is doing things like these cyber attacks primarily because they're interested in influencing operations. Like, that is why they hacked the DNC in the 2016 election. Um, and, in fact, the DOJ has charges against Russian intelligence officers for 2016. Um... But, you know, there's the operate there's the also the illusion of Putin being more in control than he is. So even with these cyber attacks, um, some people say they're not as strategic as they may seem. And it's kind of like Trump shoot, Putin's also kind of shooting from the hit and hip and casting such a wide net of chaos, just hoping something uh will stick. And people say that like Putin you know, ha hacking the 2016 DNC was really an emotional response to the Panama Papers being put out, which kind of shed some light on Putin's illegal financial dealings with, like, a bank in Panama, I believe. Um, I don't know a ton about that. But that's why Russia wants to fuck with us with cyber attacks for influencing operations, but China's MO is more of like an economic focus where they are going after intellectual property. Um, and also in the past, uh, the United States and about a dozen other countries have attacked Russia in retaliation. They attacked Russia's power grid in June 2019. Uh, in retaliation for Russia's cyber attack on Ukraine's power grid on the 2017 French elections and the 2018 Winter Olympics. Um, Russia has been involved in some Q anonymous accounts and nurturing that conspiracy early on as well as post about the vir virus being a hoax. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on... Russia's cyber attacks. No, thanks for all that. I mean, it's <clears throat> truly staggering to imagine a situation in which, you know, hospitals are, are at capacity, right? And the pandemic is surging. This like third wave is brutal to this dark winter ahead. And one day, all of a sudden, there's a major attack on hospitals or power grids, right? Like this Russian cyber attack that we're already stumbling and it brings us to our knees. Like that is really startling to imagine. And I think, of course, Russia wants Trump to stay in office, right? So like all the while there's all these court cases in tandem, it could be a, a really brutal blow. And as you eloquently summed up like this is there's there's very recent precedent for this right like this isn't totally out of the blue so yeah i mean i think it's it's totally within the mix i think we're kind of so focused on our own issues right now which is all the more reason why we are especially vulnerable to a cyber attack mm -hmm. and speaking of cyber attacks we'll talk a little bit about facebook really quickly um so this Thursday, Facebook um, was kind of called out by the Biden administration and the Trump administration, but to a lesser extent, but called out by the Biden campaign for pausing thousands of its ads because of a glitch five days before the election. But to be fair, last month, Facebook announced it would ban new political ads the week leading up to this election. And so that kind of like gives more context, but the Biden campaign said that the campaign lost 500,000 in fundraising revenue because of this Facebook glitch that they were like, you know, taking their sweet, sweet time to fix. And Biden's campaign, um, kind of put out a statement, uh, Rob Flaherty, Biden's digital director, put out a scathing statement against Facebook in uh, Politico. 
And the Trump campaign also said some of their ads were pulled. And in a statement to The Hill, Trump campaign accused the Silicon Valley Mafia of stopping ad approval. Um, but I just want to like back up and talk about Trump and the Zuck a little bit. Give more context and mm. see if he really is apolitical or not. So we talked about in last episode um, the the latest Borat. So Sasha Baron Cohen he recently had a bit to say about Zuckerberg, and he called Facebook a megaphone that the history's worst autocrats could only dream of. So basically, a propaganda machine that Hitler would have also exploited, um, and. Sasha wrote this interesting op-ed for Time called something like Sa about saving democracy from conspiracy theories. And it's no secret that the Facebook algorithm, you know, it promotes posts that are more engaging because they want you to interact on the platform more and stay on the platform longer so they make more money. Um, and unfortunately, right-wing propaganda is more engaging than left posts because it triggers ang anger and fear, which are more primal, primitive emotions. And that's what some say, but, you know, we talk about echo chambers online as well, and this might be attributed to what I'm about to say, but, like, I don't know. People are very emotional. I'm thinking about like all my family's posts about like against against Trump. So I'm like, mm, again, I need to see like the hard data about which posts get more engagement because I see tons of fucking engagement. I'm talking about these boomer zoomer generations like they are always talking about that and calling out Trump for like everything. So that was a little bit strange for me, um, but talking about that hard data, it was found out that 6 out of 10 of the top um, most highest engaged uh, Facebook posts did come from conservative sources, so 6 out of 10 is more uh, than half, obviously. And Sasha Baron Cohen also said in January, uh, he tweeted about this Guardian investigation uh, they looked at about um, 218,000, a bit more, uh, political ads on Facebook and found that Trump's campaign spent $20 million in 2019 to target the conservative base. And that was way, way more than any other candidate had spent. Um, but on the other hand, to play devil's advocate, you know, Facebook's also been facing pressure from the left, too. And Facebook did ban QAnon posts on October 6th, so that is obviously something that kind of hurts Trump. Um, but... The Zuck does have a really weird relationship with Jared and is always having dinner with him. And we have to remember that he is one of those billionaire fucks we've talked about who made over 30 billion, with a B, dollars since COVID, while many others are unemployed or getting evicted and can't afford food. Um, and then we have the, you know, globalist and... <laughs> the man of a million conspiracies uh, about him, George Soros says that Facebook struck a deal with Donald Trump to help get Trump reelected because of tax breaks and money shit. So where do you stand on this issue? Do you think that the Zuck has some kind of deal with Trump or what's going on? I, I do, to put it simply, I, I think, you know, it's been reported Zuck has hosted a lot of fancy dinner parties and stuff with all these Republican operatives. And I think his, the way in which he's taken more of a direct role in like the content moderation stuff, the controversial stuff that Facebook does and everything that he's done on that front indicates to me that 
fuck yeah, fuck yeah, Zuck and is working with Trump's team for sure. Uh, and let's be real, like Trump is big business for for Facebook. Talk about you know clicks and engagement and all that shit. I mean, there has never been a president that has driven more engagement than than Trump, and so the prospect of losing Trump in this big source of like daily Facebook engagement on an unprecedented scale. Of course, of course that's beneficial to Zuck and I don't not put it past him. Uh, and look, Facebook started as a grievance platform, right? Rating women at Harvard, you know, it's like this male grievance that drove him to create this thing to begin with. So I think he, definitely still carries a lot of male grievance with him and sees that in Trump. And I think he sees Trump as an ally in this, like as a fellow fucking weird ass fucked up man in this world. <laughs> yes, I, I think so as well. And, you know, with many of these billionaires, again, they might favor Trump or they definitely favor Trump more because of tax breaks straight up. It's true. And, and to that point, a lot of people have come out and said, like, I don't like him, but money talks. And yeah, so for a lot of wealthy people, Trump is the better candidate for investments and all that shit. Yep. And that's about it. And it's just so funny to hear, like, even mainstream media saying how, like, yeah, you know, if it, if it wasn't for the virus, this would be a very different election because the economy was doing well and like we've talked about before it's that fucking facade it's like the stock market does not equal the health of the economy the health of the middle class indicates the health of the overall economy so it's just again they're just like reaching for straws it's like before this virus even there was just so much fuckery or as they want to call it the you know witch hunt the russia collusion rich hunt, witch hunt and things like that but it was so proven that russia interfered with the fucking election and they're back at it again so once again just so much fuckery polls calling biden the winner, but we all know uh, what happened in 2016 with polls calling in Hillary, but I recently saw, like, Obama, and maybe we even talked about it last time, but, like, Obama finally coming out more and, like, just being like, come on, man, you know, like, this is enough, enough is enough without Donald Trump, but as far as I know, Hillary Clinton's been kind of MIA, um, do you think that's because of her, you know, being so quote unquote unlikable and that there is such a huge, I don't know, like, I don't want to say a huge amount, but like a lot more than you would expect people who, again, do subscribe to these conspiracy theories you might find on Facebook and stuff that like Clinton is part of the Illuminati, like child sacrificing pedophile thing. So maybe they don't want to tout her because they're scared of that backlash. I don't know. What do you think? She's been MIA, right? She has. And I think, you know, not only is blood in her hands, but I think she is biting her tongue and her lips so hard right now. There must also be some bloodshed. I think she really, 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 really wants to be in the mix right now. And in all this stuff, finger pointing and all this shit. But I think the other, you know, DNC political operatives are like, have put a kibosh on that because she's a huge liability and she, you know, revs up <laughs> Trump's base in a way. So, uh, but I want to say like what you mentioned about Michelle Obama's husband, Barack, finally taking off the gloves in recent weeks and like really going for it at these rallies in a way we've never seen from him. And I would say never seen from like a recent, like a former president, like really tearing into Donnie and, you know, going against his wife's whole thing, Michelle's whole thing of when they go low, we go high. It's like, well, 
if anything sums up the spinelessness of the left in the past 40 years, it's that sentiment. Now is the time to also go low and get into the fucking arena and fight. And what is that going to look like this month? Well, boots on the ground, having flesh in the game, literally showing out in numbers. Maybe that is a, a mass like general strike potentially. Uh, if there's a straight up coup, like we need people to get out in droves, uh, to fucking fight this shit. So yeah, I mean, it's, I really do hope that regardless of all the various ways this takes fucking shape. And again, we're not gonna, this is going to be lasting weeks, folks. Like we will not know this week who, like what the outcome is conclusively, Um, But to have that long game in mind of like several weeks ahead potentially, but to know that like this is going to require people to take to the streets and protest. If this escalates, like people need to get out there, boots on the ground. Million people need to storm the White House. Well, shit, right now I'm looking at these images of these fucking non-scalable walls being erected in front of the White House. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, there could be a march on Washington and bigger than we've ever seen, uh, hopefully. I bet that fence is actually an electric fence. Oh, my God. It was actually intended for the border, the Mexican border, but they actually <laughs> brought it up to D.C. Yeah, when he said That's build it. the wall, little did they know he meant around the White House to protect Around his, his home. You know his ass is going to, little bunker boy is going to be down in the bunker, uh, probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's ordering his bunker snacks right now, or his team is getting all his fucking whoppers and shit. (laughs) Whoppers. And, okay, this is, like, a story for another time, but something also funny lately is, like, a lot of people saying Melania got swapped out. (laughs) Um, The the body double? Yeah, I mean, yo, that one picture of her in the plane from, what, a couple weeks ago, some stop in the Midwest, I'm like, that ain't her. Like, that does not look like her. Yeah, and there's just been pictures of her, like, smiling, and people are like, um, no, that's not her, like, the nose and the, and the smiling, and, because, you know, like, more and more, she's just, like, you know, on stage, there's just been so many instances of her, like, not fucking wanting to hold his hand, and, um, yeah, like, we talked about la- last time, or with the debate and the difference between the candidates wives uh greeting them and approaching them after the debate was over and their like body language so yeah very interesting um i'm just yeah i'm just interested to see uh who takes how far it goes and if there was like trump campaign coup i mean is our military backing him or not? Like, would our military coup do a coup against him? Like, or are they with him? That's something I'm unclear about. I And I think most people are unclear about it because at the end of the day, right now through December, or excuse me, January 20th, he's still the commander in chief, right? Like he's still the sitting president. So how does that work if he's attempting a coup? but he's still the president. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And as we've also said before, it's like, we just hope the other side has some kind of fucking contingency plan in place because they definitely can't say they didn't fucking see it coming. Um, and like we've mentioned before, I hope it's not like the bystander effect where everyone else just thinks someone else is going to prevent this from happening. Truly absolutely but you know there's no way to predict what's going to happen but without any degree of uncertainty we know that the coming weeks are going to be like some of the most historic uh, in this country's history for sure yep exactly so final thoughts on the election i mean i pretty much do subscribe to the idea that um, they will call trump victory on the election day get his base riled up a few days later count in the mail-in ballot uh, ballots and it will be a clear biden victory and the chaos will ensue um and again maybe if that does play out maybe that is all strategic to really take down america 
and again maybe leave us vulnerable to China or Russia um, in some way but yeah maybe that's all strategic to get both sides so riled up and it's like a little fake out right it's like he won uh-huh. not nah, he didn't <laughs> clear victory on the other side I mean what could stoke more you know psychosis mass psychosis than that rather it being like the candidate who got called tomorrow at the end of the, the night and him still being the same victor like that would still suck but i this one two punch i think is gonna come is gonna really mm. be explosive i i hear you i agree and definitely with that mind fuckery in mind just a reminder, remember to like try to be kind to yourself, drink some water. And again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So like I wouldn't, I'm going to try tomorrow to not obsess too much about stuff because this is going to be, it's all about the long game, <laughs> you know, like this is going to be a matter of, of weeks and not hours. So, uh, definitely prepare for that. Yeah. Um, stay safe and I'm sure we'll have a juicy episode uh next week and yeah tomorrow i'm fucking tired like i almost just don't even wanna (laughs) um play into all the drama of tomorrow because like you said it is a marathon but yes on that final note we'll talk to you all next week email us as always with comments theories drags anything we love our haters even <laughs> um shock therapy podcast we love haters. at yahoo.com bye bye <laughs>